0: In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism.
1: Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma...
0: Brought to you by the age Chase was when he first discovered professional wrestling is fake. Welcome in to episode 16 of the Gospel Friends. I'm David. I'm Chase, and that's probably about right. (laughs) Good guess. (laughs) And I'm Emmanuel. All right, so um, first of all, let me say this uh, real quick. I was actually more devastated when I found out that professional wrestling was fake than when I found out there was no Santa. Whoa! (laughs) Spoiler alert! Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Do you think we have kids watching? Well, not
1: watching. That would be an interesting You should have been
0: horrified by the fact that your parents had lied to you for 12 years. About Santa? Or I
1: hear you, man. All right.
0: Okay, well...
2: Did your parents tell you up front? No, my parents are truthful and honest people. <laughs> <laughs> they told me from the day one that Santa was not real. That's just, really? Yes, they loved me. So if you
0: have kids, you will tell them? The truth. You <laughs> No, no lying to your
1: kids. Hey, note to Nick when you're editing this podcast, we need to put a little thing at the beginning for parents because we don't want to be flooded with angry emails from all across the world. Someone. What the heck, gospel friends? My kids are crying now. Thank you very much. Well,
0: how about the 40 year old man that just found out professional wrestling's fake? I told you I found out when I was 16 well, or. Well, okay. Oh, you mean the other ones? Yeah, listen. I just mean the other ones listening. You know, All right, well, anyway, I really was. I, I went home. I went home when I found out there was no Santa. I was just like, oh. But when I when I <laughs> when someone told me there was no that, that wrestling was fake, I actually went to the teacher and and said, you know, hey, they're lying to me, and and she verified, no, it really is fake. Then I went home to my dad. I, I was upset about it. So
1: nice. What hey, did you, what did your dad say?
0: He said he said it's not really as much fake as. You know, they, they really get hurt, it's just pre-planned endings. Oh, okay. okay. He tried to let me down gently, but it was tough. It's not fake, it's choreographed. Thank you. <laughs> all right, so we have, uh, sitting in for Nicholas this week, Nuke, we have Emmanuel Marsh. If you're a Hall of Dogma uh, Facebook junkie, then you will probably recognize Emanuel's name because he is all over the Hall of Dogma on Prolific Facebook. Prolific poster. Or a commenter. E- either one. You can't nod your head. People won't. <laughs> People won't know. You got to get When I nod, don't know. Don't know. <laughs> so, all right. So we have to come up with a nickname for Emmanuel. Because Briefly. he is a... Uh,
1: yeah. Why do we have to come up with a nickname for Emmanuel? Because well, that's
0: odd. Because this show is loosely built on the gospel. Well, excuse me, the Super Friends, the old cartoon show. That's right. And the whole idea is that we all have alter well, egos.
1: That's not a whole idea. That's the reality. I'm sorry, but we don't talk about it every week, so no. you know, new
0: listeners might be a little confused. We talked about it a lot in the first episode, and an awful lot. We wondered Perhaps if it was too corny. <laughs> so. Uh, I am Rev because I can talk people into an oblivion.
1: For long periods of time. Yes. I am Captain Crunchy because I can eat lots and lots of cereal and still pronounce some complicated theological
0: words. That uh, no one understands. Except Emmanuel, who is a fellow
1: Theo geek. Yes, that's right. And uh, we dub thee the General
0: because – I like the general. We need to get a we need to get a, a tweet out on the shirt. The manual's got a shirt here from uh, from uh, Woot. Yes, and it's a cool military style shirt. Well, it's a cool military shirt with um, the medals hanging off of it are game controllers. Did you get it? I did. Yes. All right, we need to tweet that out. Okay. So uh, it became easy that you'll be the general, and that fits you. You like to tell people what to do, and he has supernatural powers of persuasion as the general. Ah. Actually, I think that fits well.
1: Indeed it does. All right, that was Devon. (laughs) Lee Led. Well, amen to that.
0: What's on tap today? Well, actually, this is where we're supposed to do contact info, uh, Emmanuel's favorite part of the podcast. I skip this part every week. I thought his favorite (laughs) part was
1: when we say, you know, that expression involving.
0: Uh, We'll get to that later. I I have not listened to this
2: portion of the program for like, a month and a half. Now you have to. I skip. I skip it. Well, Nick's
0: not here, so it's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so you can reach us on Twitter at MyGospelFriends. We'll have to uh, talk about that a little bit later. But at MyGospelFriends on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash Hall of Dogma, and voicemail 205-575-9735. Or if you're an international listener, speak pipe. P I P E dot com uh, forward slash the gospel friends, I believe. That's right.
1: And hey, international guys, we want to hear from you because uh you're you're almost always going to get on the podcast when you holler at us via speakpipe because we love your accents and the cool way that you talk, which sounds a lot better than to us than uh just these flat tinny American voices we have.
0: Yeah, the southern redneck dialect that we that we that we do. Yes. Coming in on the uh, music this week was uh, Chase. Sean Lombard. There you go. Thank you, Sean. Yes.
1: Replacing Sunseed from last week, but that won't be the last time you hear from Sunseed. I hope not, because that was cool. Yeah, I I would actually vote for that to be the (laughs) the actual official theme song.
0: No offense to to Sean, but I love that music. I actually saw you went back into the hall and commented again today that you couldn't stop listening to that song. I listened to it way more than I
1: should. It's a great song, and kudos to At Not Entirely Chip, which uh, is a band um, headed by the Funky Stick Man that uh, did that conversion for us. And you can check it out on the Hall of Dogma page and
0: on our Twitter page too. He actually asked for another one. He said, "What else would you like to hear me do?" Well, oh, we have another. I couldn't request. think of anything good. Well, see, Christian-wise, I don't know, but I, I actually want to hear him uh, do uh, non-Christian-wise. I'd like to hear "Cult of Personality" by In Living Color.
1: That's pretty good. That's a good song. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, though. In the after show, I suspect we might encounter a song about the key to the Christian life being the renewed mind that might make for an excellent Nintendo cover. All
0: right. Well, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit, and then we'll have to uh, holler at him on uh, Facebook or Twitter. All right. Now, now. Chase, we can do what's on tap for today. What Finally, What do you have, do you have coming up? Okay, we're going to do another
1: episode of Big Deal or Little Deal. And some of the stories covered include the fact that the Air Force won't let an air, air atheist <laughs> – sorry, my, was my phone. I going to say brain, let an airplane. Sudden, the Air Force won't let an atheist airman skip uh, the God part of the enlistment oath. Is that a big deal or a little deal? Don't answer yet.
0: There's Here's a God part of the enlistment oath? Yes, you have to say, so help me God. Okay, I didn't know that. All right, well, I have uh, a story about um, a college football team um, that was forced to remove Christian crosses from their helmets um, that they had on their helmets to recognize or honor a couple of um, uh, fallen – Teammates, teammates. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I usually don't do stories like this. I'm not uh, usually. This is the kind of thing I would I would kind of skip over. I'll explain that later. But this one actually hit me uh, hit me pretty strong, so I wanted to talk about it some today.
1: And all our British listeners and 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 uh, all around the world, they're saying you Yanks sure do talk about football an awful lot. And I guess we do.
0: I guess we do. I think they talk about football a lot too. It's just the uh, other kind, the other kind of the rounded type of football. The, yeah. Uh, the other kind of football. Pure football, as they call it. Yes. Emmanuel, what, what do you have for your uh, initial participation in the podcast? Um, I've got a story
2: about Pope Francis who married a group of people. It was 20 couples, and some of those were cohabiting. And
1: the question is, would you marry a cohabiting couple? Living in sin. The Pope is, wow, that's shocking. Wow,
0: well, I'll, what does the Pope know about marriage? By the way, I will tease. Uh, oh. I will tease. Oops. Wow, <laughs> Catholics in all of your that? hate mail to. I'll tease this. Nick. Uh, my response to come up. I actually have married a cohabitating couple before.
1: Oh snap! Yep. Yeah, so we're gonna have our first walk off the. Don't set call me. Gospel uh, don't
0: call me a heretic and turn it off yet. We'll uh, we'll explain in a little bit. But hey, first, by the way, I have too. I just didn't know it at the time. Well, I want to talk about. Ignorance is no excuse. You're probably right. I want to talk about, guys, the most important thing that happened this week in the world. Possibly the most important thing that has happened this year. May, other Maybe than, this decade. Other than me bringing my son home from another country. Um, and that is the release of the new iPhone. Wow. So I know, Emmanuel, you've already got yours um you ordered <laughs> no. so the iPhone 6 this week actually two versions so we've got the iPhone 6 and the iPhone 6 plus yep and uh which are um these uh, these phones are actually going to be a bit bigger than the old iPhone so uh big deal it, or a little de- oh wait that's your I'm second I'm going to
1: say really big deal <laughs> because uh, I have an addiction to gadgets and such
0: all right so I got I mean, let's let's ask this are you guys uh Apple guys or Android guys a manual. I'm an Android
2: guy. Um, to, for me to buy an iPhone 6 would be basically going back to what I had in 2012.
1: <laughs> nice. Okay, so, now, what, what sort of phone is that sitting this there? This is a Google Nexus 5. So That's a really attractive phone. It's sleek Thank and you. thin. Oh, it's sexy, yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> can, can I can say I sexy it? on
0: that? Ah, yes, I said nun's farts last week, so I don't know why he couldn't say sexy.
1: Okay. I guess not. It's got a nice
0: a It don't nice have buttons. How do you turn the thing on the side? It's on the side. Okay. Oh. What's your password? I'm just kidding. It's not really on there. I don't like it. There's nothing in there. <laughs> you know, put something interesting on Facebook real quick. Uh, uh, this is this is nice. So you, now you're not just an Android guy. You're, I am an Apple hater. You're an Apple I was gonna say you're an anti Apple guy. I believe Apple is evil.
2: <laughs> I also believe that Google is evil too, however. I am not a fan of anything that's popular if it is popular i distrust it immediately so Isn't you're it? a hipster i am not a. am not a hipster so it's not like i just want to you know do throwback stuff just to right. be cool i just don't trust popular things so that i take saying. it
0: this phone is not popular
2: it's it it does not have a cult following <laughs> i got you people don't
0: line up to get it i, don't, I look i've had an android i had an old uh, what was that old e, the h the evo i had the old evo that's what i had and and i uh but now I'm an Apple guy, so I just – On your Samsung Chrome. Okay. I, uh, I can't afford – I have a – yes, I do. Have a, I have a Chromebook because I can't afford a – You know who makes a Chromebook? Uh, Google. You know who makes Android? <laughs> okay.
1: I think Look, he's got you a little bit there. But
0: Dave. I can't afford the um, Mac Airbook. That's because Evil is expensive. Okay, so I like I've had the Android phone and, evil and I've, I've, line <laughs> of the podcast so far. And evil I, is expensive. And I've had now Apple and I just enjoy the the Apple products better. That's just me. But uh, Chase, what about you? Are you an Apple or so we got one Android, one Apple guy?
1: Currently in the Apple camp. Uh, I have had um, some really good Samsung Android phones, the Infuse, the Note two. Mm. Um I prefer the Apple ecosystem, and, I, and I've always said this. As soon as Apple releases a big-screen phone, I'm all in because that's what I've been looking for. I wanted the hardware of an Android-type phone. What? No,
0: I, I still haven't found what I'm looking
1: for. It, it's it's along those lines, but I'm hoping in the next few months I will have found what I'm looking
0: for okay. in the Apple 6 in the, Plus. In the next few months. Let me, let me explain how Chase operates. Um, new tech device comes out. Mm-hmm. Chase... Um, talks about wanting to get it, kind of plays it off. You ask Chase, well, are you going to get it? And Chase says, uh, eventually, eventually <laughs> I'll get it, but not <laughs> right now because I can't afford it. Next week, right? Then at some point in the next few days, you happen to see him trying to hide said device from you because he doesn't want you to see that he went and bought it. So that's typically how things work. Look, I, give you I, po- I give you the episode 18 to have it. I bought it the night it released. I'm going to tell you why. I
1: bought it the night it released. Wait, you did buy it? Yes. And, and here's why. And I'm going to call you out, Pastor David McConnell, in front of all of America and the world, too. Wow. Team. I had resisted temptation up until that night when you started texting me all of these tempting things about buying it. I did. And I threw caution to the wind. And as soon as it turned midnight, okay. I started refreshing the Apple store, I did. which was completely
0: down. I sent you I, – I asked Chase when he was going to get the iPhone, and he said – in a few months, I can't afford it right now. And I, I sent you a link to Gazelle dot com for how yes, much you could you get sure for did. your phone right yep, now. Yep, and mm-hmm. and and then you gave me which was
1: uh, over three hundred dollars.
0: Yes, it was mm-hmm. over three hundred bucks. So, so you went ahead and bit the bullet. I did. I mean, Does your how wife? Could I know?
1: resist. No, she doesn't know.
0: Good <laughs> thing <she> <laughs> she listen would to this stab podcast.
1: me in the throat. She... Uh, she'll know in a month or two when she gets around to listening to this episode. Did you order maybe. it from Apple? <laughs> no, I ordered it from. Freaking ATT. and T. Really? I say freaking. Mm. I, you just did. My seven year old daughter tells me not to say freaking. All right. Let me add, Let me. Let me That's go. Appropriate adjective when discussing AT and T.
0: I it ordered really mine. I ordered. Actually, we ordered two because my wife got one. That she just got the six, and then I ordered mine. Um, and it's hers. Is actually going to be here next week uh, because the six is. Um, I guess they got plenty of them. But I got the 6 Plus, and so it's going to be about three or four weeks. Look, I, I got the 6 Plus, too. Who You ordered yours from I went directly to Apple. So, I, so three or four weeks for you? Yeah. What What, what times did you order it? I ordered it um, – what was the release date? Um, I ordered it the, on the day, like, around noon. Okay, so I ordered mine, like – I started
1: ordering right after midnight, right, when it was available. Of course, the Apple store was down for hours. Yeah. So I went to AT&T. Their store was down – by the time I finally got around to it, I, my relief really, my my shipment date is like mid October.
0: Oh, that's about what money. I mean,
1: three or four weeks
0: is mid October. The next
1: day, I was yeah, there no, at
0: midnight. No, no, no. All right, let me guess. I, just, I, I know AT&T you.
1: Makes me pull my hair.
0: out. So I'm going to say you went. Uh, I'm going to say you went six plus sixty four gig. That's that's pretty close. You went one hundred twenty eight gig. No comment. You
1: bought the 120 you did. Hey look, uh, I think it's time for us to get into the meat of the show and talk about some Jesus type things. Dude, you can Maybe buy you can Kia. a Kia.
0: You can buy a Kia for the
1: cost of that phone. <laughs> uh, uh, look at the time. Man. It's 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 already 7:24 wow. p.m. People are clamoring right, let's, for real let's substance. Move on.
0: I went 6 plus 64 gig. You'll be very happy with that. So that's what I went. And Emmanuel sitting there judging us in his mind. I just remember us, us a man once saying that nobody wants big phones, oh. <laughs> and that man was Steve Jobs. Well, he said, yeah, he said a lot of he things. He did say, there's a big debate out there about whether Steve would be happy with what's happening right now in the Apple world. Well, Tim, Tim Cook says that he would be. They're getting their clocks cleaned by Samsung.
2: And, you know, the iPhone 6 Plus is just the Galaxy Note 2.
1: So well, if well Apple was run one. by somebody from Tuscaloosa rather than you know. I don't know what affiliation Tim Cook is, but if we had an Alabama guy War at the head of of Apple, I think they would have better hardware. What say you to that, Apple hater?
2: Hmm. It would make sense that somebody who roots for Alabama would like Apple because both groups seem to be a tad bit idolatrous.
0: Oh. All right,
2: worshiping. Well. Hey,
0: I do want to say that dead I'd,
2: football coaches and you heard me. Subpar phone.
0: <laughs> I like the Apple stuff because it works, and I always hear people say that I like they like Android better because you can do all kind of development on it. And fl- yeah. But but I don't know how to do any Here's of that. The thing. How many times do you ever write apps for your phone, Emmanuel? Mm-hmm. Never. Here's the
2: thing. You don't. <laughs> Apple people always say is. I like Apple because it works. That is a sign that you've already been indoctrinated. Because it's, I, I've, had, I've had Android phones since I've been getting smartphones. Guess what? They all work. It's not like other like, I have Apple because it just works. Everybody else's phone works too.
1: You know that? I will say this. I, when I've had okay. Android phones, I've had to clear my memory out pretty regularly or it will really slow down. I, I had to. Do I have that. never had that problem. Yeah, no, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe I run too many apps.
0: But you, you probably run a lot of apps. All right, I do. tweet us at my gospel friends and tell us: Are you uh, Apple or Android? Do you get the iPhone, or are you like a manual? Do you hate all things Apple? That's right. All I'm right. pretty
2: sure that the Apple logo is the mark of the beast. <laughs>
0: I can't prove that
2: hermeneutically.
0: But it, it's a good guess. It's right. fruit.
2: We all know that fruit has gotten people into trouble.
0: Well, they I know, did. I them. did hear a line this week because they've got this whole new like Apple Pay thing now, where they're they're basically trying to make it where you'll just yeah. We have had that a couple that? of yep. years ago. Where, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> where you will swipe, but this will actually take off, and people will buy. See when Apple releases it, people will get on board with it. And when they start wanting to put those sorts of things in your forehead, pay. pay yes, yeah, so I saw somebody, somebody on. on on oh, no, the radio, they were like, do you strap it to your forehead? Uh, yeah, that's you... that's when you start paying attention.
1: So yeah. anyway. Maybe a little before then. It's the eye mark. The eye mark of the beast. Well, uh, you and I, wow. coming, you and we'll I, my friend, you.
0: who are I'm Apple... I'm afraid we're going
1: to get sued by Apple and, <laughs> and other entities this week. I'm a little afraid. I hope we have good corporate lawyers.
0: So, the general, uh, you and I are at odds, Apple or Android, and now we're about to be at odds in this game. Uh, so, you listen, you listen to the podcast, uh, every week, and so you know how, how, how we do, and, and coming on the show, we're we're going to go head-to-head. The general versus the rev. Chase, what kind of game do you have for us this week? I call it the impossible quiz. Sounds easy? Yes, it's not easy. And
1: Here's how it's going to work. I'm going to give us eight questions, and then, by the way, for those of you wanting to get to the serious things, it comes up right after this. I'm going to give you guys eight questions. We'll start with our guest, Emmanuel. Um, No Googling He gets a geography question right out of the gate That means, David, it it goes to you Number two And uh, I'll give you eight questions If you can guess the answer And you get a free guess If you can guess the answer without uh, multiple choice You get two points If I have to give you multiple choice and you get it right Then you get one point If you fail to get it right even after that Well, you get zero points At the end of eight questions, we'll tally up the winner And that person gets to present their content To the world first
0: Chase is the king of complicated games. Yeah, I see that. As you, can, as you can see.
1: Well, I just don't want to be overly simple because we have a sophisticated audience. Here we go. Here's the first question to you, Emmanuel. What is the third largest country in North America by landmass? The third largest country in North America, the continent of North America by landmass. Mexico? Mexico is a good guess. Unfortunately, it is incorrect. I am going to give you now a multiple choice. I suspect that 98% of people would say Mexico, hence the name impossible quiz. Is it A, the Dominican Repub- Republic, B, Haiti, C, Mexico? It's not C. Haiti is in North America. D, Greenland, or E, Cuba? Oh, wow, we went with E.
0: Those are all small.
1: Maybe. So, and maybe no there's no guarantee that all of those are in North America.
2: None of those are in North America. I I mean, Cuba's not. Dominican Republic is Mm. not. And I missed the first one because I was
1: thinking. A, Dominican Republic. B, Haiti, C, Mexico. D, Greenland. And E, Cuba. What is your answer, my well, well, well well-educated friend?
2: I am well-educated. But as my geography teacher used to say, (laughs) Emmanuel, if you knew where you were, you'd be dangerous. Wow. I'm not good at geography. I have no idea. I'm going to say Cuba.
1: Cuba is a good guess. The answer, in fact, checking in at slightly larger than Mexico is Greenland. Wow. Okay. Greenland. Cuba's where
0: they brew Heineken, isn't it?
1: I believe it is Cuba or uh, the Dominican Republic. I get those two mixed up. That's an inside joke we'll get to later. All right, give
0: me will. my. Give me my. Number question. two
1: for you, David. What is the only state that can be written in one line on a keyboard? The only state that can be written in one line on a keyboard? Asdf. I'm that sorry. is a
0: good guess. Wait. Um, I know this one. This is, <laughs> do you really? Um. I'm I'm looking at my keyboard. Oh, no, yep, um, Oregon. Oregon is no, a good guess. That is in it. fact actually
1: incorrect, <laughs> but it is one of the guesses you can. I uh, have here in okay. multiple choice, so you get get a choice of four: A. Oregon, B. Mississippi, C. Alaska, D. Alabama, E. Maine. And because you can figure this out on your own, I'm going to give you eight seconds to answer.
0: Wait, what were the, cho-
1: what were the choices? Again? Oregon, Mississippi, Alaska, Alabama, or Maine? Alaska. Alaska is correct. <laughs> well done. That is one point for you, David. I cheated a little. One to zero. That's okay. You did it inside seven seconds. To you, Emmanuel. This tests your knowledge of breakfast cereal. Mm. I hope you're a long-time listener to the show because we're fans of cereal here. Name a single monster cereal. Count chocolate. You got it. Wow. Wow, two to one. Hey, I'm going to give you a bonus point here. Either one of you guys, name a defunct monster cereal. Booberry. Booberry is still out. That's a good guess. Really? In fact, I just saw it in Walmart this week. Wow. Um, wow, indeed. Aquaberry, Aquaberry, nice try.
0: <laughs> it was a uh, that was the defunct cereal of uh, the lamest superhero ever. Aquaman,
1: <laughs> nice. I don't know. Fruit Brute, which was a wolf-like cereal that I used to eat as a child, or Yummy Mummy, which is mm, by far yummy, the worst. Yummy of the Monster. Yummy series. Mummy. I was trying it to was remember. Terrible. Yum, yummy wow. Mummy. Yummy Mummy. All right, Emmanuel is up on David two to one. Question number four to you, David. What president? appearing on wait wait don't tell me correctly answered 3 questions on my little pony friendship is magic um bill clinton Bill Clinton is correct. Boom! Well done, David
0: McConnell. That was that an is easy. Three one. to two. He was kind of the. I mean, look, he was the. Nobody,
1: everybody else
2: had too much class to go on a show <laughs> like that.
0: He was the MTV underwear president. Remember, because he got on there and answered about the boxers or briefs. He was trying nice. to be real in touch with he culture. Was, so.
1: But My Little Pony friendship is magic. I look. That's I, weird. I yeah. didn't see
0: Reagan getting it or. Either one of the bushes. So, nope. yeah. so uh, what does that? What does that put us at? I, uh, well, I uh, Three. I'm You're three. three so it's three, two. Three, okay, two. okay, good. Three, All
1: right, over to you, Emmanuel. And this is going to seem very difficult unless you think about it. Well, the mascot and team name for the Arkansas School
0: for the Deaf is. <laughs> We're going to need to be careful here. <laughs> going to be real careful. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> You were about to be uncareful, weren't you? I was just. Is it possible
1: to offend them? This is to Emmanuel. Oh my gosh, you weren't careful at all. This podcast is is transcripted (laughs) and distributed all around. I I
0: apologize. I just. I pulled up this week at the drive-in, at the drive-through at at McDonald's, and they have a sign-up that says: if you need a braille menu, ask. And I'm just trying to figure out. Why would that be in the drive-thru of McDonald's? (laughs) Do you think there's some reason that
1: black people aren't allowed in cars? Well, or that they might have. But if they were, they wouldn't
0: them. be able to see the sign telling them to ask for a braille menu. Well, that's for
1: their friend to say, oh, hey, they passengers. have. Passengers. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you're going to be hunted down by uh, blind and deaf people. I am. Um, and
0: don't make any snarky the comments one, about
1: that. They're just the, going to get you.
0: You're the one who brought up this question. It's
1: uh, a good uh, one. Uh, Give me a right. multiple choice. Here's I, the multiple choice. The Arkansas <laughs> School for the Deaf team name and mascot is either A, the Gators. B the Razorbacks, <laughs> C the wombats, or D the leopards. I'm gonna go wombats. That's a good guess, but in fact, they are the deaf leopards.
0: Are you serious? Yes. Okay. Well, that's not as offensive as it's any not the joke I made, but it's
1: funny. And no, you're much uh, more offensive than this Arkansas school. I w- I- <sighs> Let's just move on. Yeah. Three to two. Over to you, David. This. <laughs> this one might be offensive too. This wow. I don't know what I was thinking. We did all this,
0: this we did all this and Nick wasn't even here. I know. And he's the offensive one. Yeah. True
1: story. Really? This product was originally called Baby Gaze. The Q
0: Wait, did you just say you heard me. Baby Gaze? This product G-A-Z-E?
1: Was, ori- was originally called Baby Gaze, B-A-B-Y-G-A-Y-S. I know this. The Q in the current name stands for quality. What product am I speaking of? Oh I wish baby, I could steal. I know this one. Baby way. gays. Baby gays. Um, and don't say anything about that whatsoever. Is it like Ben Gay? That's a good guess. So some kind of but diaper no. rash. Just no. The Q cream. in the current name stands for quality. Is that product AQ tips, BQ cards, C Q quilts, or D Q doba?
0: <laughs> All right. Um Q Doba. What's a
2: Doba? It's a Mexican it's a restaurant that that closed down. My yeah. me and my wife are still
0: mourning. All right, I'm gonna go That's with good. quality tips. You got it. Q tips because Q-tips. of baby. But but why they, was it called baby? I have baby no games? idea, but we because can't it, discuss that because sort it of makes
1: thing. your ba- your baby happy when you clean its ears out. Well, maybe you're right. All right, go a ahead. Warning: I'll... The Gospel Friends do not recommend cleaning your ear out with Q tips, <laughs> as this may rupture your eardrum. Number seven to you, Emmanuel. You are down four to two. You can catch up here with the right answer to this question. What common item do we know uh, was formerly called the XY position indicator for a display system? What common item was originally called the XY position indicator for a display system? A mouse. You got it. It is a mouse. Wow. Nice. Good job. That is four to four. David, it goes to you. You can win the game here or leave us in an ugly tie, which we've never had before, and I have no idea what we'll do. (laughs) What famous Christmas carol was originally called Tinkle Bells before Jay Livingston's wife convinced him that tinkle had a different meaning?
0: Jingle Bells?
1: That is a good guess. Emmanuel, I'm going to give it to you to steal. Do you know the answer to this question? (laughs) I changed the rules on the fly. How about that? Silver bells. Silver bells is the answer. Silver That's bells. cheating. Breaking wins. <laughs> That's cheating. Bells. Because I cheated in the middle of it. It's Christmas there you go. time. You cheated. You totally gave him did. the game. You, you, I'm going to go to the replay official, and he says, "Emmanuel wins." Sorry, bud. Hear them ring. You complained to the commissioner. <laughs> By the way, there's a German I word. I just
0: completely got. Got railroaded on that. No, you you guys. We're Auburn
1: fans, man. We're used to getting railroaded. (laughs) That's true. Alabama fans. That's true. No. By the way, you don't get a question here, but the German word Kummerspeck, the Germans have a word for excess weight gained from emotional overeating, and it is Kummerspeck, which literally means grief bacon. Grief bacon? Kummerspeck is grief bacon.
0: I like the way those Germans think.
1: Yep. They are solid people.
0: All right. So, Emmanuel. Now, so you, he gets to present first. That's right. I do think, real quick, uh, Emmanuel, since um, you know you're, you're new to the vast listening audience, are you
1: going to offend him no. along with
0: blind and deaf people? <clears throat> no. You have a long record of offending people. I do. Not as many as you guys offended on that Kirk Cameron episode, but uh, so just uh, I love Kirk Cameron. I really do. <laughs> so, a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do, Uh-oh. where you come from.
2: I am from Birmingham, Alabama, born and raised. Uh, I'm a counselor by trade. I also have a bit of seminary training, and I run a small nonprofit. And by small, I mean me,
1: <laughs>
2: uh, who I counsel and teach and disciple uh, people. So
0: yeah, And you are?
2: Uh, and I'm you married. Are, you're married? For nine years. Uh, my wife is also a therapist. Uh, we actually met when we were working at the uh, same counseling agency. Um, no children, two turtles, Virgil and Beauty. What kind of turtles? They're red-eared sliders. Nice. They're about. I've caught one of those. Ten years old. Uh, Shout out to Virgil and Beauty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do they oh, listen wow. to podcasts? They
2: do. Well, Ten we don't want
1: to old. offend them.
0: Yeah, I bet I could. I bet you could too. It'd be uh, easy for you. You're also an ordained minister. I am an ordained minister. I don't tell people that. Though. No, you don't. That's why I was telling it for you.
2: Because then they want me to marry them when they're cohabitating.
0: Well, let's talk about Ooh, that.
2: Snap. You're up. All right. Here's my story. It's from Christianity uh, Today. Um, And the story is about Pope Francis who performed his first wedding last Sunday. It was a mass wedding, 20 couples. And among those couples were people who were cohabitating and some already had children. And the article basically asked the question, you know, should pastors marry cohabiting couples? Um, and so that's the question I'm asking you guys, would you marry cohabiting couples? And if you
1: wouldn't, why not? Well, I would say this, if it was on a college football Saturday, I would not for ethical reasons. What about you, David?
0: I have an interesting story that goes along with that. You sure do tell that story a lot. It's possible that, uh, I ended up marrying someone because Chase would not. And it's possible that I found out after I was doing counseling with them that they were who wants
1: to get married during important Alabama games? That's uh, the question I have. All right, so we've got the, the Pope
0: here. Agree doing. with that. First of all, <laughs> I, I need to ask this at, at the outset. How do you get the Pope to marry you? Because, I mean, like that seems That's like – pretty huge. Yeah. Like how, out of all of the, the millions of Catholics in the world, what happens? How do you – how is it that you can get on that list of – I assume you have to know somebody who knows somebody? Probably. Because, you know, there's only one Pope. That's the best answer you guys have? Well,
1: I mean, do you have a
0: joke answer or something? Oh, no, I'm just asking. I want you to do your joke you did from before the show. Uh, better not. <laughs> okay. Um, it's, it's too wholesome for this podcast. <laughs> okay. I thought you asked something about... I didn't.
1: I didn't. I don't know where what you get the these kind What does the Pope know about
0: marriage? Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> you know, it's one thing to offend... A certain small class of people, but offending a giant, large class of people that Protestants have already been in multiple wars with just doesn't sound wise. It's not like we have a great – just never mind.
0: All right, cohabitation continues to become more common in America where the U.S. Census found 7.8 million unmarried couples living together in 2012 – up from 2.9 million in 1996. That's pretty astounding. So, what have we got there? About 16 years, um, we almost uh, tripled. Well, actually, we probably did from 2.9 to 7.8 million. It's um, not quite tripling. It's not quite, but it's close. Mm-hmm. It is close. Uh, young couples increasingly see cohabitation as a step toward marriage. The societal pressure for shotgun weddings when a single woman becomes pregnant has faded into shotgun cohabitation. Um, and more divorcees are opting to move in with long-term partners instead of marrying again. So this is a, this is a, a big thing, at least here in the US. I, I, I think, uh, I think more and more you see this where people kind of put off getting married or um, the, you know, I, I see some people even saying, you know, I've heard people talking about, well, let's just live together for a while and we'll kind of mm-hmm. test the waters to see if we should get married. Like marriage is a pretty big step. So we don't need to just dive into it. Let's live together for a while. And, and and um and be helpful um so you asked the question i i i did um at one point marry a couple who at the time when i began i didn't know them um uh, someone asked me it was the kind of a, a some family of of people that went to the church um and and they asked if i would marry them and so i started doing counseling with them because anyone that i'm going to marry i ask for them to go through counseling Sessions, uh, pre marriage counseling. And so I found out in the counseling sessions that they had moved in together. Now, they had not been living together for a long term, um, but they just, um, they were buying a house, they had bought the house, and they decided just to go ahead and move in a few weeks or a couple months before the wedding. And um, I went ahead and did. This, the marriage, I will say, and, and I'll expound on it some more in a moment, that I do not believe that I would make that same decision today. So hmm. I, I think the answer to the question, just in general, without any other specifics, would you marry a cohabitating couple, I do not believe I would do that today. And I'll, I can expound on that in a moment. Chase, how about you? It's a tough question.
1: It's um, Here's the thing. I, I always feel like there's this... Uh, I don't really believe much in gray areas when it comes to scriptural things, but it, when there are situations like this where it's very difficult to point to uh a, a New Testament scripture to tell us as, as ministers exactly how to handle this situation, I feel like uh I don't have as much um, a surety about what should happen as obviously I would if, if there was uh, you know some something from the uh inerrant uh, word of God to to guide us. Um, so I'll play, I'll play the other side of the coin from you, David. What I, I, the traditional response to this has been, if a uh, cohabitating couple uh, that are living together, obviously that's what that means, comes to a pastor to get married, he would say that to them, you need to live apart first before I marry you. That's been the traditional response. In other Mm -hmm. words, there needs to be a time of repentance before I marry you, um, is that how you would handle it, or are you saying you probably wouldn 't do this from a slightly different
0: perspective uh, you know it's um, again i you know I would probably ask for um, the specifics of the situation and what was going on, but I, I think that um, in in recent times, I have just become a little bit more um, just a word concerned about you know who I am marrying the the status of those people. In other words, I think when I first kind of got into and in, and in got ordained as a pastor, I got warned you are going to you are going to get asked to do a lot of weddings now, and and it has been. I've gotten asked to do a lot, and a lot of them have been you know have been from family, and so you get kind of put in that situation of you know close friends or family come and ask, and you kind of feel obligated, but maybe you look at that couple and you say, ah. You know i'm not sure that christ is is where he needs to be in your marriage and um and i um, it, it sometimes makes it difficult to tell a couple oh, i won't do your wedding so you kind of get in that situation of i don't really feel good about this couple and, and I'm not really feeling good about this marriage because i I don't think long term they're set up for success uh, but here on the other hand um, you know I'm being asked to do this by a family member, a friend, and I, I kind of feel that pressure, and so I've kind of come to the conclusion of where in the early years of ministry I probably would have, I, I probably honestly gave into that pressure a little bit more. Uh, now, now I'm really trying to look at couples who are asking me uh, to perform ceremonies, and I'm looking at the status of their relationship and where Christ is at the center of that relationship, because I'm just concerned long-term, what's happening in marriages. And I think the church has taken a pretty soft stance on marriage and and divorce, and, and I'm I'm wanting to if I'm gonna stand up and I'm going to kind of serve as an officiant over a wedding, then in many ways I'm kind of representing um I'm representing as a as a pastor, you know God, I know that sounds weird, but I mean that's kind of that role. I mean, you're 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 kind of a representative there, mm-hmm. because you're standing up, you're you're standing up and declaring them married based on the word, and as that representative, maybe using the word ambassador for God to this couple, I want to be sure that I am. Giving them good advice and counsel, and and if uh, bringing it back around to the question, if a couple is living together prior to marriage, then number one, I'm assuming they're sleeping together prior to marriage, and I'm already think they're off the rails before they got started, which makes me concerned for the long term health of their of their relationship. I said a lot there that you guys made faces at, so go ahead and and, and dissect it. Well, my first question would
2: be So what if they're sleeping together and not cohabiting with with that would you marry them? Probably not at this point. Okay. And cuz I'm kind of the opposite view of you. I I've, I've come to think that Christians have started to treat marriage a little bit more sacred than the Bible does. Wow. Not okay. saying that it's not special and it's not God ordained, but I'm it seems like there's I don't know, we've started what Christians normally do, whenever there's being attacked on an issue, the pendulum swings way to the other side. Yeah. So, well, since, you know, homosexuals are trying to get married, then we need to make marriage like super duper sacred. Yeah. Like, and I just, I, I think sometimes we may take that Paul's metaphor about Christ in the church farther than he probably would have taken it. Like, okay. I, like I do believe that it is an example of that. Um, but on the other hand, Paul's like, Hey, it's better to get married than burn with passion. He's, he's like, you know, uh,
0: yeah, uh, and yeah, so you that, read Paul's stuff. It doesn't, does that would like leave me like to think huge...
2: that Paul would be okay. Marrying a cohabiting couple. Um, because he's like, look, if you're going to burn with passion, you might as well just go ahead and get married. That's he's not saying, it, you know, he doesn't say, you know, you need to wait a while, repent, um, and when the time is right that I have deemed acceptable, you know, then you should be conjoined. I mean, it's like get married if you if you want to have sex. That seems to be his, you know, he doesn't make a big deal out of it. Get, if you want to have sex, get married. So I, I would marry a couple who's cohabiting. Now, my standard kind of paradigm would apply. I would still want to to counsel with them and kind of gauge their readiness for marriage. I have counseled couples in premarital who were who were shacking, as we call it here in the South.
1: And and I told them that you know, I like that a lot better than cohabitating. It sounds like uh we're being real instead of uh, fancy. So yeah. shacking up. Shack. And I've
2: told them like, you know, couples who are, who shack, they have a they have a higher divorce rate. And the reason for that is that they think that shacking is the same as marriage, and they don't realize that something happens when you make that commitment. Yeah, there is something that happens, and I don't even know how to explain it. But it, it commitment, puts a strain on a relationship that shacking does not. Um, I mean, you've made it legal. You know, you bought a cake. I mean, there's a, a lot more that goes into it, and. And, you know, people who – and I actually just had a friend who got married last month, and he's been living with this girl for five or six years. I didn't do the wedding. Yeah. Um. And I told him, I was like, it's not the same.
0: Yeah. You know. Well, look, I, I, I get where you're coming from, and I would not – this is the thing. It's it's actually – Emmanuel and I have been friends for, um, for quite a few years, and actually we, we almost always see – Pretty close eye to eye on most issues, so it's, it's it's a little rare that we we come at something from two different angles. I get where you're coming from. I would not want to be, you know, coming across as legalistic, Larry. Here, uh, my my concern though is just that if if I'm looking at a couple who is who they're already sleeping together prior to marriage, um, you know, I'm going to go and say, okay, you're not already at this point you're not being led by the spirit in this relationship because if you're being led by the spirit in this relationship you would not be at this point you would not you know because you would not be gratifying the desires of the flesh i believe that's that's to be held you know sex to be held for marriage so you're you're not being led by the spirit and my concern is just going and getting married is not going to fix that all of a sudden because you go get married all of a sudden, that's not going to solve you being led by the Spirit. And so, my concern is, um, you know, that we need to get to the heart of the issue of, of of you as a husband and wife, especially the guy as the as the pastor of his family, being led by the Spirit in this relationship to ensure its long term success. And 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 so that's where I would want to slow down and and say. I think we need to talk through this. We need to get some of the root of the hard issues that you, that you have going on here and and I do think that repentance so that as it says in Acts a time of refreshment a uh, refreshing could come would would do well in the relationship. That's the angle that I would I would come at it uh, come at it with Chase what about you?
1: It's it, like, it's a tough question. Um one of the first couples I married, uh, essentially lied to me in pre- premarital counseling. Um, and, uh, they were, uh, living together in some form or fashion and within a year or so they got divorced. And, uh, it, you know, there were, there were not, uh, there was a child involved, um, a, a very young baby. Um, and, and it, it just made me Realize, in a sense, how serious that that commitment is, and, and I, I I thought to myself at the time that uh, I would be more earnest in the cur- coming counseling sessions I had to point people towards, um, you know, biblical teaching on marriage, on permanence of marriage, on, on on keeping your word, and that sort of thing. But again, at the same time, it's it's difficult. To make up rules yourself to say, well, if you're living together, I can't marry you because, especially in the case of a couple living together, saying, "I think the I think God is calling us in His Word to get married." Mm-hmm. Well, it's difficult to say no to that because that's ex- that's absolutely
2: what God wants to you to do. separate first and then get married.
1: Yeah, and, and and if if they if I if I were to say that God wants you to separate first and be apart from each other for a time, and then you sep- then you get married, and they said, "Well, why does God want that?" Well, I I, I don't – it just seems right. I, I don't know. I would have a hard time saying that. So if a couple came to me in that situation, I would counsel them. I would urge them in the meantime that uh, they abstain from sexual relations with each other because that's what, what the Word of God says. But I don't think I would turn them down to, to marry them. But I, I would as soberly as I could – Call them to an understanding of a biblical, the biblical
0: understanding of the commitments of marriage. You you would agree the Bible would call them to strive for holiness. Absolutely, I would and, agree and, with that. And that, that's the angle where I'm coming at this
2: from. But but where do you meet people where they're at? Everybody is not on the same uh, at the same place on their on their walk. So you have some people who. You know, just being with one partner might actually be <laughs> a sign of, of, of holiness for them. As you know, well, yeah. I was sleeping with a different woman every night for 15 years, but now I'm down to one. Like, I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, everybody's not in the same place. And you're just like, well, being led by the Spirit. How long does it take for a Christian to really understand being led by the Spirit?
0: Uh, well
2: and as reformed guys you don't even i mean you're probably still wondering what that means I love, but, i'm not yeah. going to <laughs> take this
0: out Zing. i'm not going to take this from you because you're you're the most look you're you're reformed Ish. Yeah. I mean, look, you you lean that way, you just want to embrace it. I'm so, reformed, but I believe the Bible. You don't. <laughs> oh gosh. We you just, don't want the title. Here. I don't
2: worship at the feet of Calvin.
0: You well, look, you I, don't, I, and, and I think that's actually. You don't think yeah, Paul's the fourth member of the Trinity? <laughs> I don't think the Bible is the fourth member
2: of the Trinity either. Yeah. No.
1: Uh-huh. Speaking of the Bible, First uh, Corinthians seven. Um, Thirty-six. Uh, the, the advice to Paul, uh, to, from Paul to a man in this situation, if his passions are strong and it has to be, let him do as he wishes. Let them marry. It is no sin. And I, I, I essentially think it isn't a sin for them to be married, I, I, even if they're in a current state of sleeping with each other. Look, look the Bible says to flee. Youthful lusts, and I think we've talked about that before. That that's not just sexual lust; that really may even be more anger. But the teaching of First Corinthians seven seems to indicate that there is a a nature to this to the sexual sin and sexual desire that is maybe perhaps more difficult than others to resist. Mm-hmm. And and so if, if two people believe God, you know, are, are ready to commit themselves to marriage. Um, I don't know. I I hear what you're saying, David. Um, I, I just I.
0: I uh, Y'all understand? Like I'm I'm not wanting to give them. I'm not saying. Well, you need a four month timeout now. Like I, I'm not. I'm not trying to say you've earned yourself. Well, how long would you say that time? Out you've earned think? yourself five weeks in the penalty box. You know. Look, my first answer is show the fruit of repentance until your marriage. And see, I don't you, know. You, you know I'm saying like if you. It, it, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm trying to, to, to. I mean, I think we would all. I'm assuming we'd all agree around the table that it's 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 a sin to sleep sin to have sex before marriage. I mean that that's yes, designed for clear. marriage. Clear.
2: And you know what clears that sin right out, right?
0: Getting married, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying the heart issue there is okay. You're not following God in this degree. Again, when you come, you can go get married at the courthouse by a judge. So, if you come to a pastor, to me that tells that 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 says you want God involved in this relationship. So, what what other sins would prohibit you from marrying somebody? Oh look, we're talking about
2: this sin. I know, <laughs> but since but since we're since we're the the arbiter of who should get
0: married or not, I mean. How far do you take well, that? Well, look, I'm not being the arbiter of, of who should get married. I'm saying... Well, you're the arbiter of who you would marry. I mean, well, that's you know. true. I, but I'm saying I would, want to, I would want to see them be willing to, okay, if, if I see in the Word that I should not be having sex with this person before we get married, then we're going to stop out of obedience to the Word. And we're saying that Paul's answer is get married, and that remedies well part of it. Okay, no, so if just... they say, let's go get married right now, then... Maybe okay, but I'm saying if they're gonna, if they're gonna, if they're they're six weeks away from their marriage, I think they need to make some steps to show repentance for those next those next. If if this is something
1: they've got the date set a a long way away and and such, I I might even counsel them. You need to move this up. If you're not going to be able to stay apart from each other, you
0: need to move this up. But to to make my first point, I don't want to I don't want to go back on that. I would still be concerned with. I would still I would still be concerned with their heart. Okay. Let me ask
2: you you guys this. How much responsibility cuz this is what it sounds like David is doing is how much responsibility do you put on yourself for the success of the marriage?
1: Well, and that that's a great question. Yes, and that's what way it sounds you phrased like phrased it is a great question because I don't think I I don't I I can't find a place in the Bible where this sort of responsibility is put on a pastoral head. Mm-hmm. Now that's not to say I, I actually I do I put I put some responsibility on my head. I do as well, but I don't find that in the scriptures so much.
0: I, I probably put more. You and I had this discussion, uh, Emmanuel and I did not too long ago, and I probably do put more. Um, I probably put more weight on that, you know, than I on myself there than I should. I I am trying to look at this from a point of disciple making and and I think that um, I, I'm seeing if a couple is coming to me and asking me to help prepare them and then do their wedding mm-hmm. they're asking me to be involved and the way the role at that point of what I look at it is I'm not just the guy gonna you know do the cross and say you're married. With I you there. I I, agree, I, agree I have that. that responsibility now for some discipleship to prepare you for marriage, and that's the angle I'm coming at. Yeah. Um, and you know, yeah, and I
1: would take that angle. I exactly. just wouldn't say no.
0: I would be low. Even would you norm- ask them to move out? Would you ask them to move out or to stop having sex together before yes. the marriage? But so, I wouldn't say no to marrying them. So let me ask you this:
2: What purpose? What 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 purpose would them moving out serve?
0: Well, I think ultimately the point of them stopping having sex before marriage would serve the purpose of of showing fruit of repentance. But to me, look, I'm not going to buy if 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 you're not going to move out to me, I mean you're not really, I mean, I realize you could just have sex at any point at anywhere. But to me, it's it's kind of a sign of, okay, well, we're serious about really wanting to try to not do this.
1: I will say this. You know what I might do? And, and this is not going to please a lot of people, but I might do this. What, you know, and this is going to raise the question, what makes a marriage? But if they had a date six weeks away and I said, I think you need to move out. If you're serious about doing this marriage six weeks from now, I, I think you need to move out. And if they balked at that. And then I would say this. I would say, well, we can do a ceremony six weeks from now, but we can say our words right now before God and you'd be married. Oh, wow. What do you think about that? Is that, is that crazy talk? No, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, that's, I'm totally okay
0: with that. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting,
1: but but I would say I would still ask you to counsel with because it few look weeks.
0: it does make a great question. You start getting into a lot of these avenues of like really what marries someone. Like in this yeah. state, you got to have a license, but biblically, what does it mean to be married? There there was a ceremony. I, I know we all have a, a mutual friend who who says that you know sex is what makes a marriage, but I, I think mm-hmm. sex consummates the vows. It seems like in the Bible there, were, there was a vow that was made. There you go. Mm. And then the sex consummates that. But that was going to be my question to you, Chase, is what if you asked them or what if you said or counseled them to stop having sex before the marriage and then they
1: they didn't? But then I would maybe propose the secret marriage. It, it would be quite, kind of like the pre-tribulation rapture. They <laughs> kind of have this view where there's two comings. There's a first... Kind of secret coming Is then a second more public? I would explain it to him that In that sort of way Are I'm you pretrial
0: people? Uh, send all your
1: hate mail To
0: <laughs> Chase Chase is, Chase is right now Preaching through the end times Well we've been Preaching through the end times but So let's, let's get a, 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 a Count of offended people so far
2: Chase it, has offended Deaf people No, no that was, no, was me
0: I offended that was, deaf and blind I stood up for and the deaf why? and blind Chase well, offended Catholics Although Catholic. he didn't mean Catholics to
2: Catholics and pre-tribbers. Uh, and I've I have offended Apple people. Yeah, yeah. Apple people
1: but and that's uh, a lot. That's like a
0: significant portion of America. I know, for us I know to we such friends. I know look, we offend of people every we offend people every week. I know that we got to move on, but I I do want to ask, all right, would you marry I, I would not marry a couple where one is a believer and one is not. Because I think the believer is, I would not. is told. I would not do that. Okay. I mean, the, the Bible specifically says that that's not good. Would you marry two unbelievers?
2: It would be
1: hard to say no to
2: that. I think I would. I think I would, too. I've wrestled with that. I don't have an answer. I was actually going to ask that question.
0: Oh, were you going to ask that question? Yeah.
2: Okay. I, um. Because it, it flowed out of your, your concern for the repentance of the cohabiting couple. You know, they're
0: shacking what about unbelievers? Are you concerned with their repentance? Well, see, and, and what stress, what stretches me there is that um, I think the Bible points us toward, you know, where Paul says, what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Yeah. That's God's job. Yeah. I'm to judge those inside the church. So I've always taken that to be like kind of even sitting around here is that, hey, we have kind of this responsibility for one another – within the church, but outside the church, the answer to is not stop sinning heathens, it's It's turned to to Christ. And so, you know, there is a – see, here's where I believe there's this um, kind of um, creation ordinance of marriage where I think marriage is from God for both believers and unbelievers, and the Bible gives specific rules toward believers for marriage, but – you know, are unbelievers bound by those? Uh, and I'm not talking about. You know, somebody might go off the rails here with homosexual marriage, but I'm talking about in terms of the Bible says if you're a believer, marry another believer. But there's really not anything the Bible speaks toward. If you're an unbeliever, don't get married. Last question on this: If they had children, would it
2: change your would it change your view? Hmm uh
0: if they had children together
2: yeah wow would you then want to marry them because you want their children at least
0: are you are you asking if they had children together and were already living together or even even not living together living together sleeping together that is such a tough question oh that's a tough question
2: because i do think that 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 children want their parents to be married i read the quote and i've got it down here in the in, in the notes actually i think i just have it in my notes but um Angelina Jolie, she finally got married to Brad Pitt. They've been shacking up for longer than I've been married, I think. And she said, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful feeling to be married. And she's somebody who didn't want to get married. Uh, and she said, and then she says, the children are so happy.
1: Hmm.
2: Wow. And they're happy. And they're, the parents are not really that big on marriage because they hadn't done it yet. You know, they finally did it, but. And I thought that was kind of odd that she said the children are so happy. And I think that there's something in children who want to see their parents married. So I agree with you. When it comes to that,
0: would yeah. that would that change your stance a little bit? I want to say this. I'm going to double down on on what I've already said and just say if I have two Christians, two people who profess in Christ, come to me, they're living together, they have kids, and they say we want to get married. Um, you know, I'm going to assume that. You know, either one, maybe they weren't saved when they first got married, or they're just now coming to the realization of uh, that they need to get married. And I'm going to double down on what I said. You know, get married, get married quickly, but we need to deal with the heart issues because there are kids involved. And I don't think it would even be bad for, I don't think it would even be bad to follow through with the same things I've already said to teach your children. <laughs> this walk with Christ and what that walk with Christ looks like. In, in other words, why are mommy and daddy now getting married? Why are mommy and daddy in separate rooms? Or why is daddy going to a hotel for a week before the marriage? And we explain it to the kids because we're we're trying to follow Christ. So we can argue with that, but I, I'm going to double down on what I've, what I, where I've already been.
1: Well, let me ask you this. If I punched you in the nose, <laughs> would you still have that same view?
0: Um, I, look, if you punch me in the nose, I'm going to put you through the wall and then – well, let's go. Did you see the bravado there? That
1: was good. That was a a good bravado. answer.
0: I'm By the way, um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but John Piper was recently asked the same question, will you marry a couple already living together? And that's out on the uh, Ask Pastor John uh, podcast for those it's who are take, interested. his take, your take. Um, you just have to go listen to it and see. It's kind of, his take's kind of long. Okay. All right. That was good. Piper might convince me. He might convince me as well. I'll, All right. I'll, well, I'll, then I'll, I'll read this. Um What I say to this couple, let's see, um, if a couple is pregnant, living together, regularly sleeping together because they think uh, that because they are committed to moving towards marriage, sexual relations is okay, you meet those folks. There are a lot of them out there. What I say to this couple is that they are living in sin, and would they repent and bear the fruit worthy of repentance, fitting repentance? And that fruit would be to move out and stop living together until you are married. Now, if they refuse, I tell them, no, I won't do the wedding. And see, and that also presupposes that people just have all this disposable
2: income where they can just say, I'll just move somewhere. And That's true. You know, I mean, you're asked, you know, this is what happened when suburban pastors uh, <laughs> start trying to spew
0: their ideas. Well, Hey, are you willing to, um, are you willing as Edit a church to list. put them up somewhere? Yeah, I Add that to the list. Of the suburban pastors. Suburban,
1: suburban pastors, yeah. Y'all know suburban how I feel
2: next. about Suburban Jesus. I, I have no love lost for Suburban Jesus, but go ahead. Who's yeah.
1: up next? Is it me or? Yes, you. You're uh, up. Actually, if I could, I would like to get a 60-second screed from you on Suburban Jesus. That's a fascinating statement. I like that. Suburban Jesus wants to help you raise great
2: kids, balance your checkbook, he wants you to visit the poor parts of town and show the love of Christ by, I don't know, painting houses. He wants you to take weekly trips to Mexico. Um, yearly, you mean? Or, yeah, or yearly, depending on how, you know. But he doesn't really actually want you to know Jesus. Hmm. He wants you to do a whole lot of stuff that makes you feel good and helps you live a better life.
0: Um so it's the it's the Jesus is here to make you into a better person.
2: Yeah. Kind of idea. And I'm not saying all suburban gospel. churches are not like my, I I attend a suburban church but we're not like that. Yeah, a lot of social gospel. Luckily we're a, more of a country church here at the hall. Yeah, of I wouldn't call you guys a suburban. I don't church. think I'd call us a country church. Y'all are kind of a weird in between because Dude, our greeters wear overalls. That is not the case. <laughs> Yeah, y'all are y'all are
0: not country. Yeah, like semi-rural. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, we're a, little, we're a little we're we're a little country city not, tweeners. You're not you're not city folk
1: at all. Not city folk. No, that's true. That's true. And I like I like that. I like that sur- suburban Jesus thing. Yeah, um, it's the whole mega church kind of
2: culture that was. It was the whole you know uh, cookie cutter purpose not purpose driven but uh, the uh, seeker
1: friendly yeah. kind of well the suburban church the, the American church in general tends to water down things like Luke 9:57 um as they were going along the road someone said to Jesus I will follow you wherever you go and Jesus said to him foxes have holes birds of the air have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head, and to another he said, "Follow me." But he, that man said, "Lord, let me first go and bury my father." And Jesus said to him, "Leave the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God." Yet another said, "I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to those at my home." Jesus said to him, "No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God." I suppose suburban Jesus doesn't say those sorts of things.
2: No, he does not.
1: Um, I, I like that. This is a good challenge, Emmanuel. Um, okay. Over to me for, uh, big deal, little deal or no deal. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to try to do this really quick guys. Cause we, we dwelt on that last story a long time. I, we got a lot more mileage out of that than I thought we might. That was a good discussion. That was good. So I'm going to give you the first article and, uh, the first subject. And you guys are going to tell me if this is a big deal or a little deal or not a deal at all the Air Force will not let an atheist airman get into uh, their unit and say the enlistment oath unless he includes the phrase, so help me God. If he refuses to do so, he will not be allowed to rejoin his unit. Is this gentleman a big deal, little deal, or no deal?
0: What do you think? All right. Well, first of all, I'm surprised in in today's world that I mean I am I'm really surprised that they're being forced to say something with God in. It. I mean, I realize like God is still in the pledge, but I I'm just shocked, especially based on some of these other stories that we have. I'm surprised that is happening today. Um, I my first inclination is to say it's it's really not a big deal I, I mean that that's my first inclination because like here's my thing I as Christians I just sometimes feel like we get up at arms about things that we don't need to get up at arms about like mm-hmm. the whole the whole thing that Christ sent us out in the world to do was not to get people to recite things with the word God in it mm-hmm. like it was to make disciples and it was mm-hmm. to make uh, it was it was to Spread the gospel and teach the gospel, and so whether or not, whether or not someone says the pledge, whether or not I'm going to be controversial, whether or not God's in the pledge, do I want the pledge of allegiance to have God in it? Yes. Do I want God to be on the currency? Yes. Like if I get to choose, I'm going to vote for that. But if if he got taken off of that, I'm not. I'm not panicking. I'm not going to spend any more money
2: if there's no God on the world.
0: Yeah, because that's not what we were sent into the world to do. Jesus, you know, the the money they had at the time of Christ didn't have God written on it. It was pretty idolatrous, as a matter of fact. And, you know, Jesus didn't send us into the world to change the government to um, to be more – Righteous or religious, he oh, sent us into the world. Oh, you're not a post
1: millennialist, there are you?
0: He sent us in, I think
1: some of them would disagree with that. Well,
0: I guess I'm not. Then I mean, again, that, that's my take on it. So, I, I would go little deal there. Initially, yeah. Unless I, you guys convince me otherwise, I would go little deal. Like,
2: I don't. Part of me likes it because I'm just so tired of people kind of bowing under the weight of political correctness. Um, so I like it when somebody sticks to their guns about something, but personally, do I really care if a airman says God in his oath? Um, I do not. Uh, so it's, it's a little deal, but, but I do like them sticking to their guns. Um, and the thing about oaths are they're, they're meant to to show commitment, but also to so help me God is kind of a, you know, it's, it's asking God, to, it's, it's actually praying. It's asking God to help you fulfill that oath. And so I would, I could see why an atheist uh, would, would not want to do that. And, um, and I often say this to, to Christians who are really gung ho about this kind of stuff. It's like, you know, like David like David said, You know, we got to stop trying to make heathens act like Christians.
1: Hmm.
2: You know, and let heathens be heathens. Um, Add heathens to the list of offended people. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because it's not going to do any good for heathens
0: to act like Christians. They're not going to get saved because they recite the pledge with God in it. Yes, we
1: all reject the moralist gospel, which is do good to be saved. Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: you know, and I'm okay with under God being taken out of the pledge. It was added like in what, the fifties. So it's not like it's always been there. Okay. And now if it was always there, I'd have, a, I think I'd have a problem with it, but it was like added in like 54 or something like that. So, I mean, it's not, you know,
0: Yeah. again, if, if I get to vote, I'm going to say, leave it, but I'm just, it's not the end of the world.
2: Yeah. So I'm going to say little, little deal.
1: All right. Good deal. i tell you what, time-wise, we're only going to do one more. Um, and, uh, this is the article we'll do next. Is this a big deal or little deal or no deal? Pastor Mark Dever has come out this week uh, in the wake of all of the things going on with Mars Hill and Mark Driscoll and many other pastoral situations. Uh, And by the way, Dever did not connect this story to that story. I'm the one doing that. Pastor Dever says that Christians in churches must create a culture of accountability for their pastors and for church leadership. So, gentlemen, I I think on the surface we would certainly agree with that, Mm -hmm. but um, in a sense we would agree that there should be accountability, but uh, how does that function in light of leadership? How does this work? What do y'all think? Should there, it's a two-part question, Um, is is Devers call a big deal or a little deal? But in answering that, I would like to ask a follow-up, which is, should that be true? Should... Pastors and leaders be held accountable by the congregation, and if so, how? Give me his
0: call one more time.
1: His call is was – he says Christians must create a, quote, culture of accountability for their pastors and church leadership.
0: Okay.
2: I agree that there should be accountability. But like other things, I think this is one of those things that we ask more than what the Bible does. Hmm. Because what, what, what we really say when we mean accountability is we are afraid of sin to the point that we just need to just, you know, everybody needs to be watched at all times. And we forget that one of the one, you know, the fruit of the spirit is, is self-control. And I think when you have too much accountability, what you're really saying is we don't expect you to act like an adult. Uh-huh. Um, so should there be accountability? Yes. But who watches the watchers? So, like, take the Mars Hill situation. Everybody's bashing on on uh, Mark, Driscoll. Mark Driscoll. And I was thinking this when this thing first came out what if it happens so that Mark Driscoll isn't really wrong in this situation? Because I still had, now, there may be some behind the stuff that we don't know about, but every time I read stuff, I, the only thing I come away with is that Mark was mean to people. And, and I'm not saying pastor should be mean, but like Christians, y'all gotta stop being so sensitive. <laughs> you know,
1: Christians. We, add Christians to I Christians, 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 yeah. Christians, and heathens. Well, Christians that
2: covers are really sensitive. We can be. We're we'll to be defensive you know? friends. Now, me, I, I like a pastor that's kind of mean. Like, I don't want my pastor to be like Mister Rogers. I don't need my pastor to be Andy Griffith. Like, I, I like a, you know, just somebody who's forceful, and that's just how I am. Um, I can't follow a guy who's too nice, but what if the elders just don't like him and want him out? Well, who's going to help hold them accountable? The church is not going to really know what's going on. Um, and, and I've been in churches where the elders made horrible decisions. Um, they thought they were doing the right thing. Um, the church didn't think they were doing the right thing, but, They're the elders. They must know what they're they're doing. And so we went along with it, and it turned out to be the wrong decisions. So even elders infallible, and there's not necessarily safety in numbers. People actually, when they get numbers, they get dumber, especially men. (laughs) I can't think of one. Large groups of people. Large large groups of men lose IQ points. I I
1: think that's probably true.
2: I can't think of one thing that I did that was just – Illegal or felonious or by myself. Like most of the trouble I got into is with a group. <laughs> you, you were with a group again. And the bigger the group, the stupider the stuff got. And so I don't know that there's necessarily safety in numbers uh, in a sense because it that just – That dynamic
1: got, would explain Congress, by the way. Wow. Exactly.
2: It just creates dissension. And I don't know how you guys are, but once I'm very – once I choose a side, I'm on that side. and we, And we're just – and, you know, I'm, I'll pick that side, and it's just to the death. Well, I'm right or wrong, once I pick it, I'm picking it. Yeah, see,
0: usually guys, I think, are just looking for – you know, at least with me, there's always – I make that decision, should I do this or not, this is a good idea. And I'm just kind of doubting myself. But if I can have one or two guys be there with me and, and be yeah. like, oh, yeah, hey, we can do this, or this is this a good – idea," then it's – Oh, okay, I'm affirmed. Let's go. And, yeah. and most of the time, guys will affirm, <laughs> affirm themselves in decisions. But, yeah. And, I, what were the two questions you asked us specifically?
1: I don't remember.
0: Okay. Uh, let, me, let, me, let, let, let me
1: think about uh, a culture of accountability. Should should there be a culture of accountability in the church? And if so, what should it look like?
2: And let me, let me add this. I met with a guy last week, and it's, it's a, a, a friend of mine. And he was talking about he had called this church, and he wanted to meet with one of the pastors about something. And that pastor called him and said, yes, I have, uh, I checked with the the senior pastor. And he said, it's okay if I meet with you. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Wow. Like you got to get, you're a grown man and you got to get permission to to have coffee with another guy. Like, and, yeah. I, and I'm sure there's some story of how that accountability came to be, but it just seemed excessive. And I think it, it kind of. You know, now I also don't believe that it should be a one man show and one yeah. guy should have
0: ultimate authority. I mean, elders are there for the protection of the
2: church. Hmm. Um,
0: I like I like where you're going with that. I don't know that I would add a lot a lot to it. I think that I, I like I like how you put who's watching the watchers. I mean, that's what, I definitely think each Christian should have accountability built in. To their walk with Christ, uh, I just think the Bible points at that. I think Hebrews points at that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of the ways that you protect yourself from being hardened by sin is is mm-hmm. is by encouraging one another, having people in your life who are encouraging you at times, rebuking you if needed, just pulling you aside gently, um, or sometimes firmly saying, "Hey, you're you're on the wrong path." I think every, and I think. The Bible, based on the plurality of elders, Mm -hmm. um, is is saying churches need to have that, that we need to have a plurality of leadership and not just one guy. But I also know the Bible says don't even listen to an accusation against an elder unless you got, what, two or three um, people who are bringing that. Accusation. 17, according to our bylaws. Okay. <laughs> well, we we That's may, a have, went, joke, we may have went a little excessive there. but So that tells me the Bible knows, hey, sometimes there's going to be false accusations. There are going to yeah. be false watchers. There are going to be false – and I just know having pastored for a while – you can't please everybody and sometimes there are people who just know you're wrong and they know that you're doing the wrong thing but you're really being biblical. You're really do, you know, I've had people when we when the the few times in church that we've had to do some type of church discipline, I've had people come and say that was wrong. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, it was biblical to do that. So the watchers are not always right and I think that you have to I think the Bible gives leaders, the Bible puts leadership in place, and I think there's a reason for that. And sometimes I, I do think you have to, yes, have a culture of accountability, but not so much that leaders can't lead.
1: I think that's a good balance. Um, I've been around a lot of senior pastors. I've been in the church for a long time. I've seen a lot of senior pastors fall, particularly in affairs, but other ways as well. There cannot be a situation where there are is a leader or even a few leaders in a church where there's not, um, where there's not relationships, where somebody can get in your face and mm-hmm. call you to holiness, mm-hmm. uh, can, can be close enough to you to know if you're having an affair or even contemplating it, and be close enough to you to know, to to be able to speak into your life. And to say, you've got to stop. You've, mm-hmm. You're you going down a road of destruction. I'm going to stand in your way. And there is a – I would say this. I've seen it in the – maybe the past generation. There is a culture of isolation among senior pastors that I think is deadly and mm-hmm. dangerous where they are above the flock and they are – they have divorced themselves probably for valid reasons like they got hurt, they got gossiped about or whatever – They've divorced themselves from real relationships, and there's nobody in their lives that they will let close enough to them to know what they're struggling with and who could potentially stop them before they go over the cliff of uh, adultery, an affair, a financial sort of um, fall or something like that. We need that. We need that kind of accountability, but I think you balanced it well there, David. Well, that's it for me. Let's let's uh, get to this very interesting football story.
0: Yeah, we won't we'll spend a lot of time. Which really, on this. has nothing to do with football. Uh, we won't uh, spend a lot of time on this, I don't think. Uh, we want to get to some of our listener feedback for the week, but um, and this is a little unusual because I just got through saying something a moment ago where I was talking about I think Christians get up in arms sometimes about things uh, too much, and 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 I. I really do believe that. And the reason that I brought this story this week is because I was surprised by how how I was struck by it, how emotional I got over this, over this story. Uh, essentially, there's a football team in the southern United States, the Arkansas State University. Deaf Leopards. No. <laughs> uh, they are the uh, ASU. Um, for those of you who are keeping track, this is the um, – This is the team that Gus Malzahn coached for a year prior to coming to Auburn. Who is this? Arkansas State. Arkansas State. Uh, They uh, had two uh, uh, people close to their program who died. One was a, uh, a former player, Markel Owens. Um, who was gunned down uh, in the state of Tennessee in January, and then a former equipment manager, Barry Wire, who was killed in a car crash in June. Both of these men were Christians. And so the Arkansas State team decided to honor these two men by wearing on the back of their helmet a cross with the men's initials etched on the cross. This was their way of honoring these two men who were Christians well what happened was a local attorney in the city um, of Jonesboro I believe where the uh, the uh, at least nearby where the the team uh, is located was watching the team play on television saw the cross decal and sent a email to to the um, athletic director uh, at Arkansas State saying that this was a clear violation of the establishment clause as a state endorsement of the Christian religion. Please advise whether you agree and whether or not ASU will continue this practice. Uh, The uh, university's legal counsel um, and the athletic director made the decision that it was best to remove the crosses or to change the decal into a plus sign to not, be, um, to not be offensive and to keep the school from getting sued. So, uh, guys, I don't know why. Um, maybe just a couple of comments from each of us in lieu of time. I don't know why this hit me so hard, but it did. Because, again, I'm not a protest guy. I don't think Jesus came and died so that we could go out and put crosses on the back of our football helmets, okay? But... It, there's just – this is ridiculous. I don't know. This just is so ridiculous, and it hit me so hard that if I could go on a rant for a moment, I guess, that Christians are asked all the time to, um, hey, overlook Overlook your beliefs. Overlook the way that you think things should be done in the sense of fairness in the country and letting people live the lives they want to live. But this group of football players can't put a cross on the back of their helmet to honor two men who were Christians who who had passed away um, or they were going to get sued. And so they got forced to remove them. And I, I just I, – I don't know. I, I read this, and it was just, to me, so – I really kind of found myself getting a little angry over it. I don't know why. What's your guy's take on it?
1: It is, uh, it is maddening. Um, it, it, this is the establishment clause of the Constitution. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Now, I, my father is an attorney. I have friends who are an attorneys. Um, I understand that there have been a lot of cases uh, about separation of church and state, but this literally has zero to do with church, this separation of church and state. Yeah. That, word, that phrase there, and it's understandable. It says, Congress shall make no law. That has nothing to say to a football team. Uh, about what they put on their helmets or or what they don 't put on their helmets, it is absurd, and that that attorney should be ashamed of himself and mm-hmm. honestly if if these were some Islamic uh, football players who maybe put a moon a small were, were allowed to put a small crescent moon on there, I, I, should Christians protest that? Is that a false religion? Absolutely can you protest that based on the establishment clause? Absolutely not. I mean, I mean, learn and, to
0: legal. And I'm going to be honest with you. I I, honest, I don't think that would. I don't think I would be up in arms about that. I would it, not
2: care it if. Wouldn't matter to me if somebody wanted to be, you know, put a Zoroastrian symbol on their helmets. It wouldn't bother me. Like, yeah, doesn't matter.
1: Again, and all of us would say that is a false yes. satanic religion.
0: I wouldn't agree with it, but I mean, I'm not going to. I wouldn't threaten to sue Zoroastrians,
1: okay. and are now on our list of people offended. So
0: we're yes. going to make a list of people we've not offended. It's, it's What's your
2: thoughts, Emmanuel? Uh, Chase said a lot of the stuff that I was thinking. But first things first. Uh, if I was the president of the university, I'd fire the legal counsel. Because Absolutely, cowards don't make good lawyers. Wow. So, oh, nice. that's a good if I ever had to hire a lawyer, I want my lawyer's heart to be as black as Ethiopian coffee. <laughs> Like, I want, like, you know. Wow, that's awesome. (laughs) And this lawyer is just like, I'm afraid we're going to get sued. Well, that's what we hired you for is to fight lawsuits. Yeah, If it comes, you're going to make it. Now, I know their legal counsel, and her counsel was basically, I'm scared. Yeah. And it's like, you got the law on your side. You know, this guy who called in who had a problem with it is not Congress. (laughs) You know, he's not – Nobody's making any laws. He has no kind of power. He's just somebody who's complaining. He's a lawyer who's complaining. He didn't have any kind of authority. Um, then I'd fire my athletic director for going along with a coward lawyer because it seems like the cowardice has taken in and spreading throughout my throughout my <laughs> university. And I want to stop it before it gets to my football team. Wow.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: and I don't see how Cross is – confer states endorsement of religion the state is not the state is not doing anything it's not saying you know you have to become Christian now because these two people died and we're honoring them it's like it's not endorsing something it's it's just the students doing what they want to do Uh, and one of my pet peeves is this separation of church and state if we're going to make law if we're going to base law on private letters of founding fathers you know Ben Franklin sent Thomas Jefferson his recipe for peach cobbler, and now it's gonna, we're just going to base, you know, our legal system off. I mean, it's there's nothing in the Constitution that has anything to do with separation
1: of church and state, yeah. as far as those words go. There is not, and you probably know this. A lot of that came from a back and forth between Thomas Jefferson and the Danforth Baptists, who yeah. were being persecuted by state-sponsored uh, congregationalists, and Jefferson said, I'm going to protect you. But it wasn't about we're going to protect the country from religion. Mm -hmm. It was about protecting uh, religion
0: essentially from state-sponsored religion. Exactly. Original intent is important uh, there to me. I mean because if you – if I write something down, if I write instructions down or commands down that I want someone to to follow, not that I have anybody who would follow my commands or instructions, but if I did – you know, hey, you could manipulate or turn them into maybe something that that I didn't mean what what matters is my original intent uh, what what matters is what I what I was originally planning by those things exactly and that's important and and I think that's why I got so up at arms kind of in this situation is because this guy's not being hurt by this. this guy's not even it wasn't like his son. Is on the football team and not a Christian and being forced to wear a cross on the back of his helmet. This guy has nothing to do with yeah, the program he's whatsoever. Being,
2: he's just being, well, he, I don't know if I can say what he's being.
0: Well, I'm not sure <laughs> if that word is appropriate for it. It's okay. Nickel edited it out. It, it, you know, he just, hey, he saw it. He got offended, which I'm not surprised by. And this is one of the reasons that I, I think. I don't even believe he was offended. I believe well, he was just
2: start trouble.
0: Well, and maybe maybe that's the case. I was going to say I'm not surprised by that one of the reasons I don't think we should you know live kind of in a in a place where we're just all the all the time pointing out where Christians are being persecuted in 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 political ways is because the Bible told us that would happen and 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Mm-hmm. And so we I, I don't think we should act surprised by those things, but I don't know this to me was just you know uh, again this team just chose to honor these two men this way, and, and I think this is just political correctness run amuck by someone who wasn't even being hurt or affected yes. or impacted in any way by what these students had chosen to
1: and, do. And it just betrays – the separation of the church and state, this is a big deal to me, too. It betrays a complete ignorance of the Constitution. And, and David, you talked about original intent. I, I'll give you a good insight into the original intent of Thomas Jefferson right after he wrote the phrase down, separation of church and state, in a letter to the Danforth Baptists, he he invited one of them, a man named John Leland, to come and preach to Congress and the president himself, right after writing those words. Mm -hmm. And so Baptist pastor John Leland came and preached to the assembled Congress. And in Jefferson's mind, that didn't violate any sort of separation of church and state, and I don't think it still would. But what would violate it is if Congress made a law that respected one religion over another, or you know, and, and I, I would agree that's we don't want that.
2: No, we don't. Christianity does not thrive in that environment anyway. Not a bit, as our friends in Europe
1: have showed us. It, it, absolutely.
0: What really made me mad was the um, this uh, uh, Wisconsin-based Freedom from Religion Foundation, oh. which, by the way. I, you know if you listen to this show in Wisconsin, I love you, but i don't we don't need the Freedom from Religion Foundation from Wisconsin coming on down to Arkansas and telling them what they need to do about about uh you know whether or not the, they should have a Christian symbol in their element. they got in yeah. they they fired off a letter as well, and they said the same thing. The crosses appeared to confer state's endorsement of religion and then and this is what I think I might have got really um as Emmanuel put it, some maybe a little unrighteous anger is that they started making suggestions about how the team could, could mourn. And they uh. said many teams around the country honor former teammates by putting the players' numbers on the helmets or the jerseys or wearing a black armband. Either of those options or another symbolic gesture free from religion imagery would be appropriate. And they're like, who are you to tell these kids and this team what is appropriate for yeah. them to mourn? And to honor their teammates that you don 't even know you don 't even have you 've just stuck your nose in this to give your two cents about how they should mourn or honor these these people. you have no right to do that i, I, I just i think we should make we should make black armbands an official
2: symbol of christianity i don 't know if we have that authority
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just to that's see good. what
2: happens that 's good and, and i 've had these conversations with people who are anti religious and they talk about how how bad Christianity is? Because usually it's Christianity, but they they dislike religion in general, and they think it's bad for society and it causes all kinds of evil. And I've told them like Christianity is the only thing that is keeping me from punching you in the face. <laughs> like you should be thankful that Jesus is working on me. Awesome. You know, because that's the only thing that is restraining me from the, from, the restrainer from, right now. Yes, that's awesome. Jesus, all right, Jesus be a straitjacket. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amen. Well, we're going to quickly move into the uh, some of the after show. Well, I only probably got about uh, ten minutes here left uh, for today. Some listener, some listener feedback. Well, what did you just say? Did you just curse? I said in Latin. Time flies. Oh, Okay. Uh, we oh, had please. some uh, some good feedback this week on Twitter. Let there be movies. At let there be. The letter B movie said just heard episode thir- thirteen. I hope I'm not too late, but my vote is for the Twitter because it's annoying. Great show, guys. So I've got a I've got it real quick. Um, Emmanuel and I are having lunch one day, and and he informs me that um, that that he may have to um, fast forward through all the parts of the show where we mention the Twitter. You're not a big fan of that, as my wife is not a big fan of that. So I don't know if you, you know, we've put this kind of out to the audience, but uh, we've apparently got some hecklers out there because they're they're coming back saying, uh, "Hey, we're okay with it. Keep going." Yeah. You got anything to say to them? <laughs> Those
2: hecklers are safe where they are. <laughs> but in the words of Liam Neeson in a certain movie, I have a certain set of skills. <laughs>
1: If That's you stop the saying right? if you
2: stop saying the Twitter now, everything will be fine. Will be fine. <laughs> but if you do not, I will find you. <laughs> so
0: what is, about, thug, what, what is it about? Apparently, what is it about the Twitter
2: that you don't like? I don't know. I don't know. It just and it, and I say annoy, but it actually is like it's a little more than a noise. I don't. You know, you ever have something that just you don't like, but you don't know why you don't like it? Yeah. But I think one of it is, I, I, you know, it's like Nick thinks it's funny or cute, and it and it's not. <laughs> and Shot there's nothing, fired. There's nothing so, worse than somebody who thinks they're funny. You're a little mad at Nick. I'm. I'm Where's not Nick mad at when we need him. <laughs> I'm not necessarily mad at him, but I just don't like. Putting a definite article, I almost said it. A definite article in front of Twitter. It's but
0: you just, don't mind you don't mind uh, false plurals because I asked you that. I love false plurals. No, so Wal- just, Walmart's is funny, funny Walmart's,
1: internets. I love it. <laughs> Look, if you want to sound dumb, people of America, pluralize things that shouldn't be plural because I love unless it. you're being ironic, see, it's geese, fine to be ironic. But geese. See, that's what's say funny. you're going to go cr- to crystals, and I think your IQ is. About that's half what's what funny because
0: really be. Walmart's makes my skin crawl oh. like if, if, if i have people say that and they're serious but emmanuel finds it funny so to each yeah. their own i guess uh but notice we didn't call it i didn't call it the twitter in the intro uh I appreciate that jeremiah martin at jeremiah d martin said hey guys i'm listening to the 25th episode right now not so great <laughs> So what does that mean, David? Well, that was a joke from last week's episode where um, we, we thought perhaps Dr. Who, um, Samuel, Samuel Lavelle, Lavelle or Lovell, was uh, listening to the show in the future because he uh, gave us a big shout-out in episode 15 before we'd recorded it. That's so. right.
1: And speaking of at Samuel underscore Lavell, he says, thanks for the shout-out. Can't say I was surprised, obviously. Fave <laughs> video in top 10 is Pensacola Free Will Song, by the way, which we'll get to that. In a
0: we'll get to that in just a second. We heard uh, from our friend Chris Studdard. Studdard this week. Um, He actually, uh, he sent us a picture of, since we talked about some uh, international food last week, he sent us a picture of an incredible looking dish and asked us what it uh, was. Uh, Turns out it's uh, called uh, Middlesbrough Parmo, which is some kind of a deep fried chicken thing with cheese and sauce smothered on top. And it looked fantastic. You had me at deep fried. Yeah, deep fried chicken with cheese. It looked it looked look great to me. So, uh, but apparently we're going to have to travel over there in order to be. When we go on the Gospel Friends World Tour, we will uh, we will uh, we'll check it out. You you just you actually went to the UK last year. I so. was in London last year for a couple of weeks okay. and kind of had a good time. But you didn't have any uh, Middlesbrough parmo.
2: I ate fish and chips pretty much every day. Was it good? Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, British people are not known for their food.
0: Well, this looked good. Uh, Chris also had a comment on the uh, the uh, Driscoll situation saying, "As soon as a brother or sister who we dislike falls, we seem to forget all sin is equal, and we're as just and we are just as bad as them." I, Amen. I actually thought that was kind of insightful. I believe um, that's correct. So uh, let's see. what else do we have this week? Um, out in the Hall of Dogma, Elijah Thompson says, my boss calls it the Twitter. He doesn't listen to the show. He's serious. So, <laughs> And uh, a guy named uh, Emmanuel Marsh said, what I learned from episode 15 was, neither Nick Jenkins nor Chase Thompson knows where Heineken is brewed.
1: I am a little embarrassed about that, by the way.
0: So that was a little fail last week. If you're not in the Hall of Dogma on Facebook... Uh, you should be. You should be. We've had uh, quite a few discussions out there. I'll read a couple to you. Just in the past couple of weeks, we had someone asking the Hall of Dogma on Facebook, do you think people put too much emphasis on categorizing other people? For example, Baptist, Methodist, Calvinist, Armenian, and then there was a great discussion that followed. A- Apple users. <laughs> Apple. <laughs> it was a great discussion that followed. We had uh, someone... Uh, Uh, put an article out there about, uh, I'm not going to get her name right, Nadia Bowles-Weber, who some people are calling the savior of evangelism. She is tall, tattooed, and forthright. That's probably Nadia, since you haven't been corrected today. Thank you. Nadia is probably, uh, what did I say? Nadia? Nadia. Yeah. You put the emphasis on the wrong syllable Thank you sir Uh, Great discussion that came after uh, uh, On that article And uh, we had something else here um, That was pretty Oh a good uh, friend of the show Robert Johnson posted uh, an article On gentleness and respect Are they forgotten virtues Emmanuel are they you know, based on yes, yeah, based on uh, our offensive behavior here today, <laughs>
1: apparently forgotten by us
0: so if if you 're not in the hall of dog bone Facebook, you can ask to be to join that and and some great discussions going on out there um, i'll say
1: this along those lines, David, uh, our good friend James McSorley, uh, our Irish friend, posted this has been a, a couple of it was been early se- September. He posted a question uh, saying he wasn't a cessationist. He asked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We had a conversation in the Hall of Dogma uh, that went very, very, very long that included input from Pentecostals and cessationists, Reformed folks and continuationists and everybody in between, Baptists, etc. And here's the thing that blew me away. It stayed civil, and not just symbol, civil, but respectful and kind. I'm a little sick, you know, of Christians kind of beating each other up over theological issues in a real arrogant sort of way. It's okay to disagree and to challenge each other, but I see a lot of arrogance online in these kind of comments. And and the hall seems to be a kinder, gentler place.
2: Well, you travel in Reformed circles, so you probably (laughs) do see a lot more arrogance than the normal Christian does.
1: Says I don't a manual, know what to say that to that uh, except general, to give
0: out an email address general <laughs> general humility over here. <laughs> All right, we're going to end today talking about this um, the the top ten most embarrassing yet hilarious Christian videos, and we put these out last week in our show notes. Uh, so these are about ten videos that. Um. um I don't know, it may actually make you want to run from Christianity or or the church uh, if this is the kind of product they're putting out. So, uh, guys, uh, just go around the table real quick. What was your favorite of these uh, top ten most embarrassing Christian videos? Emmanuel. It's a tough choice, but I think i got
2: to go with renewed mind is the key.
0: Renewed mind is the key, which is – it's, the, it's, it's just bad. It's, so I'm going to let that play in the background as we talk the, here. But see, the, it, the the music doesn't do it justice. It's the choreography.
2: uh, I mean, this guy has his pants up to his armpits.
0: <laughs> so apparently he this is... Like,
2: he looks like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. And you got these hot Christian chicks with... <laughs>
0: Ankle length skirts. Okay, so apparently and, uh, this is a serious. Where did this happen at, Chase? Um, Pensac- I have no idea. Was this the Pensacola? No, this no, wasn't. The
1: Pensacola the- one is a different. One.
0: Okay, so we're not sure where this happened, but this is apparently a um, well choreographed uh, dance number by a man and, and, and two women um, to a song called "The Renewed Mind Is the Key," talking about the renewed mind of the Christian being the key to living. The gospel life,
2: and I was surprised that God is not dead did not show up on this list. By the way, <laughs> not a fan of that. I so. would have picked. I haven't even seen it, but
1: the clips I've seen are bad enough. I have seen it. It has some decent apologetics in it, but I tell you what, it it just it paints lost people. And I had a friend on Facebook who is uh, uh, an atheist, I, I think, or at the very least an agnostic that totally offended by the movie because it's just unfair in its portrayal uh, of people that aren't Christians. And I'm not saying that they're not sinners, but we're all sinners. It's just unfair. I read
2: a video, I read a review that said, apparently the movie makes this thing where like going to a newsboys concert is, is really at the central of, of how they all get together and, and come to
0: yeah. I, it's, it's bad. All right. I'm going to say this. Um, I saw the movie and – Did you did you and, guys pay money to see it? Now, yeah. I, I went to the Doll Theater.
2: I, I do not Red recommend – Okay. That's good. I don't recommend bootlegging movies.
0: I, but, I, I went to the Doll But I, I don't think it would be considered stealing if you – Bootleg. That I'm movie. I'm going to separate from you two guys on this and say I actually like the movie. Really, I I, I, I did, but I, I no will, no really. I will say this. My opinion of you just like, I'm sorry. dropped. I will say that. Let me give you my reason. <laughs> I'm going to give you my silly. reason. I have a 12 year old daughter and a 10 year old daughter who loved the movie and actually, you know, ha- actually. I, I, it seemed like they really got into it and asked good questions about the gospel and asked good questions about salvation out of the movie and out of – because my kids liked it so much and actually I, I just – I. Let's just
2: pray they don't have an atheist professor and try <laughs> to uh combat him with some of the the movies
0: uh arguments because they will get slaughtered. All right, I'm going to as far as these videos go, Jason will come to you to end, but I'm playing right now my uh personal favorite, I believe, and that is the uh John Dacre video. <laughs> um uh this appears to be from like a Sunday night uh public television Christian song. Uh, Christian act, and uh, well, not all of the songs he, Mr. Dacre, sings are Christian songs. Well, and the problem, <laughs> the problem with Mr. Dacre is he doesn't actually seem to know the words to that is part the songs. The there and, are uh, other
1: problems with Mr. Dacre, and he's <laughs> not.
0: He's, he's smiling at times, and at other times he seems. Perhaps constipated. So Pinocchio thinks that guy is wooden. <laughs>
1: That's a good line. Um, I'm, I, the subtitles on this video, by the way,
0: the subtitles make it are laugh awesome. out loud.
1: Wound yourself, hilarious.
0: I mean, I, look, I'm all for getting on TV and using your gifts, but um, probably not if this is your gifts. I, I would totally agree. Chase, what was your favorite?
1: Well, as as our uh, our our friend uh, Rachel Kathy might say at the Journey of Chuck, is that right? Yes, that. Um, right. She says that that particular video um, really undid her, uh, and that was that was quite a video. Um,
0: wait a minute, is that what she said?
1: Um, no, I, I didn't quote her exactly. I was I think, paraphrasing.
0: I think she said, um, "Well, she did. She said, I 'I can't stop watching it. I'm crying.'" The subtitles put it over the top. Yes. I don't think it hit her in a good way.
1: Oh, no, no. I don't. In a it very funny way. A,
0: yeah. It kind of sounded like maybe she just got moved closer to God by it or something. Oh,
1: no, not, not so much. Well, I don't know that that video has that sort of anointing <laughs> yeah, on it. Part of me, you know, it, I believe that the
2: Holy Spirit can use anything to bring somebody to the knowledge of Christ. He even spoke through a donkey in the Bible.
1: This Speaking, video, Speaking <laughs> through that, this video would be a much greater miracle. Let's we'll say that.
2: Yes. If if anybody is, has been converted by this video,
1: please let us know. It would deepen my faith.
0: <laughs> All right, Chase, what's your uh, favorite? Uh, well, look, I'm I, playing I, it right now. What is that? I bet it's your favorite. Is it not? The Free Will Song?
1: The Free Will Song really gets me. Now, the problem with the Free Will Song is it gets in your head. And it is the most um anti kill Calvinist direct song ever. Look,
0: I don't if you're not reformed, listen to this song and you will, <laughs> and be, you will become you will yes. run you will from Armenianism.
2: Yes. This this is Armenian
0: uh deterrent. This yes, is basically is. a song it singing is exactly about the exactly. song yeah. this is a song singing about the grandeur of our Ability to choose things (laughs) You know what uh, It's it's amazing You know who didn't write this? King Nebuchadnezzar (laughs) Nope Or any other biblical figures Or
1: John Piper or anybody like that What's your favorite, Chase? I would say I'm with Emmanuel, my favorite And I've watched it over and over again Is The Renewed Mind is the Key Okay. There's some great dance moves in there That I'm really trying to learn myself Uh, And and our friends at Not entirely unlike chiptune uh, the band that did the epic Sunseed translation have asked us for another song, and guys, I'm not sure I can imagine a better song uh, set to 8-bit Nintendo-style music than the Renewed Mind. All right, so is we're the
0: asking them to do the Renewed Mind. If, is If the key. they're looking
1: for requests, I'm okay. pretty sure that's a good one.
0: All right, we're gonna we're gonna send it out to them.
1: Yeah, um, if,
2: if not that one, Metallica Enter the Sandman. I think that'd be good.
1: That's a fine song. That's good. I mean, you know, musically. Yeah. I I
2: I, I think that'd be cool to hear it in Nintendo, uh, you know, 8-bit MIDI form.
0: Well, I want to say something. Uh, For all the jokes that I've taken over the years from Emmanuel about being long-winded, the longest podcast in the history of the Gospel Friends is the one he's on. Wow! But that's because you took up a lot of time
2: trying to convince
0: us <laughs> that
1: your authority to marry people is somewhat over wow. and above what the Bible would say. On that note, oh wait, I have one more thing I got to do. Oh, I'm sorry. To our friend Dan Richardson, we have a question for you. Oh,
0: at Baptist Fixer,
1: that's right. In Australia, we
0: need you to
1: perhaps call in. Listen up, Dan, and speak for your country. And we have a, we have a couple of dozen or three dozen, four dozen or so Australian listeners. Somebody. From your country, please call in and explain the Australian children's television show Round the Twist.
0: That's Round the Twist. Round the Twist. Which we watched the YouTube video um, previewing season three right before we went on the air. Yeah. Dan, wow. we, we need some help. We can't help. talk about it. No. There's a lot of. Uh, well, we, we, let's see what stuff. Dan, Dan says about, about, about it. it. Dan, speakpipe.com. You, you've went there before. Uh, the Gospel Friends. Uh, let us know, if you would, what is going on here with Round the Twist. And if you explain that, we'll try to explain TBN to you.
1: (laughs) Yes, that will be our challenge.
0: We trust uh, you. Add that to the list. TBN lovers. Yep. On that note, Emmanuel, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And uh, Chase, it's... uh, we appreciate you joining us today. It's always good to be here. I don't know why I did that. This is the part of the show where everything gets awkward because we don't know what to do. <laughs> We've got to figure this out. At We've some got point.
1: to learn we end this show.:
0: How to land the plane. I'm going to end it by saying, uh, we'll see you next week.:
2: <laughs> May the force be with you. Amen, always and cheers. How, how about,
1: about that) My hip
0: and shone like day. something was about- And cheers, how about that? Ciao Cheers we're- See, we're doing it again Wherever one knows your name
1: now, I was thinking of that other podcast They have something about Amen and drinking and
0: what are the podcasts?
1: Cheers, you know the uh, the reformed guys in the bar.
0: Oh, I actually don't don't listen to them.
1: There's a reformed good show?
0: guys in the bar podcast.
2: Yeah, I'm intrigued. It's not bad.
0: Hey, the no, no, don't don't tell him. He'll start listening to them. So the bus because I can tell you right now, Manuel ain't got a lot of room for four or five podcasts a week.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they canceled that one. Sorry, bud. Uh. <laughs> it's all gone. <laughs>
0: I guess we probably. I, I don't know what Nick will Did do you hit stop? Yet? I hadn't hit stop yet. I just Jeez. was. We'll let Nick decide where. It what are we to gonna end. do? To end the show, there
1: has to be something like a catchphrase we could always say. I just feel bad. Like, like I feel like we shouldn't just say bye. That's a, Yeah, that's not a very good catchphrase.
0: Like you know, you're like you're hanging up a phone call or something. Hmm. A catchphrase hmm. would be good. Like a tagline. Like join us next week.
2: We'll try to offend fewer people. That That's a good one. Like a <laughs> promise or something. Yeah. Or that you probably won't keep.
1: You know, my, one of my favorite fo- podcasts is uh, the Fantasy Focus football podcast on ESPN. And Matthew Barry always ends it by saying, peace out. in kind of a distinctive voice. Maybe you do not that. need to do that. No. No, you don't think so?
0: No. I'm not sure you're cool enough for that.
1: Well hey look, this is not a this is a fantasy football expert we're talking about. Yeah. I like the show, but I wouldn't say he's like a, a cool guy.
0: Maybe we yeah. should have some kind of like a superhero thing. Like until next week, up up and away.
1: Up up and away sounds a little lame, but I like where you're going there. Mm-hmm. Like Avengers a
0: uh, de Gospel Gospel Friends Assemble. Deassemble we get in trouble with the it would be like Gospel Friends scatter abroad. What? How did they end the gospel friends? I mean, the uh, super friendship. Oh, I know. How did the Bible end? Maybe something biblical. Uh, the Bible end with uh, "Don't mess with this." Come, uh, Lord Jesus. Let's not go to Revelation. You, you guys are way too reformed to understand the
2: <laughs> the content of that of that book. Look, oh, sounds like a challenge. How about? Uh, we have to leave now because our wives have stuff for us to do. That would probably that's, be good. That's
1: accurate because my wife expected me home about thirty I, minutes
0: ago. Oh, actually, see, I was gonna my uh, my after the show thing got canceled, and I'm really hungry, so I was gonna see if anybody in the room in the hall wanted to go to Waffle House. Yeah, so. I'd love to, but uh, but you're tonight. not because you're you're whipped. I'm not. I'd go, but you're not gonna eat. I'll just go talk. I'd rather
1: go somewhere where I can grab a beer.
0: Well, where can we go?
1: I don't know. I don't know this part of town. Is, what time does Buffalo Wild Wings close? Oh, We've never had the conversation about whether drinking is acceptable It's okay. Not. Nick's going to edit all this out. It's okay. I'm oh. not Baptist. Oh, okay, okay. That's good. It's good.
0: Nick's, Nick's long since. Uh, I'll look up when what time Buffalo Wild Wings closes.
1: They have beer there. It's like
0: do. $5. I know. But Emmanuel's rich. Oh. <laughs> he I doesn't beer.
1: have any kids. I mean, that's what he told us uh, earlier.
0: Yeah. That's, that's just his kids. next game console money.
2: I'm still holding out. I'm going to get the Xbox One. It's coming. Yeah, Just waiting on that
0: that game that makes me want to get it. Yep. I remember back in the day where you could hang past nine, Thompson. Yes. What happened to that man?
1: I don't know. How long have you been married, Chase? Mm, It will be
0: 19 years. Grandpa. That's the last time that he was hanging past nine. (laughs) We used to be able to go up. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I do know... I do know that uh, if uh, I do know if old uh, Samuel had asked you to go Waffle House, I bet you'd be able to find you a little time. That
1: is not true. Uh, Look, if I, or, if if Chase I had and made, Samuel, are chasing
0: Samuel, are they close? Oh yeah.
1: If I had yeah. made pre-arrangements, um, oh
2: crap! That's what happens when you have, when you have kids. You got to make arrangements <laughs> to do like basic stuff like eat.
0: <laughs> this thing's been recording for two hours. I'm gonna stop it right at two zero zero.
1: Now, if I told her ahead of time, I, I would be cool. But she's expecting me to come home; she'll be sad.
0: Translation: If I got permission
2: uh, beforehand, yeah, along
1: those lines, that's, that is correct. Also, I have to turn in an application tonight to uh, Judson College. So uh-huh. Not an application. A um, shoot. What is the thing? Something I got to fill out with my passport.
2: In. Dude, that's lame. That's that's a lame. Got a friend of mine who works at Judson.